Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the open weekend from St. Andrews and my 483rd ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened last week and what's ahead for this week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football, and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week is the Red Sox engineering classic comebacks to beat the Yankees both Saturday and Sunday night at Fenway, and thereby rescuing not only the series where they had been pummeled or pummeled on Friday night, lost on Thursday night, but lost the first two games of the series. Uh, But, it looks like they may have rescued their season as well uh, just by winning those last two games, again, in dramatic fashion. These last two games looked and felt like the rivalry was re-restored, almost back to the dramatic 2003-2004 craziness. We're talking uh, Aaron Boone's home run in 03 in Game 7 to beat Pedro Martinez and thereby uh, I'm your daddy chance and uh, who's your daddy I should say and then 2004 need I say more greatest comeback in baseball history down 3-0 and come back to win in the ALCS versus the Yankees and uh, come back to win it and what makes me say all this is that Fenway uh, was as electric as it's been since back then. And it was, uh, talked to some people who were at the games. I, of course, watched them both. And uh, they just said again, it reminded them a lot of 0304 uh, when it was at its peak, uh, which was decades and decades in the making, going back to Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, and Ted Williams. Uh, and although it's, you know, been good through the years, uh, it just looked like it got a jump start on Saturday and Sunday night, especially Saturday. Saturday was just simply something special uh, from Alex Verdugo, who, by the way, was in the trade that sent Mookie Betts to the Dodgers uh, back when they got him. It was, uh, you know, people were not happy. Mookie Betts being traded out of Boston, and everybody was saying, "Who, who's Alex Verdugo? And there was other parts to the package. Uh, well, we now know, and I think America knows who Alex Verdugo is. He was just awesome uh, the last number of weeks, but certainly Saturday night and Sunday night uh, with just massive hits. And, of course, uh, Jeter Downs scored. Uh, the winning run uh, in his first game in the bigs. And uh, he, of course, is named after Derek Jeter. So the big headline that we've all been seeing is, you know, uh, Jeter beats the Yankees. <laughs> and uh, so he came up big on Saturday night. It was just really a uh, feel-good story. You can't make this stuff up, to say the least. So that added to uh, the sweetness of the victory for the Red Sox. And it was just really... Uh, some special stuff. And then last night they just did it again um, where they just, uh, you know, wiped out a Yankee lead like it was nothing and uh, blew right past them. Uh, the big hit, of course, being Trevor Story with a uh, 
double high off the wall in left center and uh, three runs scored, including Alex Verdugo, of course, who scored from first base and just like took off like he was a shot out of a rocket uh, to come around the bases and had to slide home, but it really wasn't close. And that was that. So just again, fabulous to see it back uh, in its former glory and maybe the best part of all, they're going to be in Yankee Stadium this upcoming weekend. And uh, something tells me that the robbery is going to get even more heated after the Yankee fans, uh, shall we say, get hold of the Red Sox in, in their place. So uh, it's going to be good stuff. It's always good stuff, but it just feels like it's uh, going back to previous levels that we had become accustomed to. So. It's going to be uh, fun to watch in Yankee Stadium and what a weekend it was to watch up here in Boston. Well, my other highlight of the week is, of course, it's open week at St. Andrews. Uh, Tiger Woods is back. He's there after not playing the U.S. Open up here in Boston, which I attended. Uh, And it was disappointing not to have Tiger here, but it was still a great take, to say the least. Uh, one by Matthew Fitzpatrick, of course. But now we're, uh, you know, we're at the Open. It's the 150th anniversary, so it's special. Uh, the home of golf, where golf was founded, invented, created, however you want to say it. And it was really fun to watch Tiger in uh, playing in Ireland at Adair Manor, site of... Uh, an upcoming Ryder Cup. I think it might be around 2027 or thereabouts. Um, I've been to Adair Manor just to see the castle, as a, the, the manor, so to speak. But I uh, haven't seen the golf course, but it looked spectacular. Uh, it's J.P. McManus's tournament, and he is a, uh, a legend in Ireland uh, and does just great charitable works, which is the purpose of this golf tournament. And... Frankly, it felt like anybody who was anybody and everybody who was anybody was there. The biggest of the big names and just really special stuff to watch from what appears to be just a spectacular course. Not all that far from uh, Shannon Airport on the west coast of Ireland, uh, which feels like a hop, skip and a jump from Boston. Um, I've flown in there before and... uh, that's what we did. We arrived in Shannon and very first stop in Ireland, first visit I ever made, and went right to Adair Manor. That's how uh, spectacular a place it is. So it's going to be a great week. Again, uh, Tiger uh, just elevates the entire thing, as he always does, but uh, he, he himself passed on the U.S. Open to be sure he could go to Ireland and then uh, also uh, also be, um, you know, in good shape. It's settled, time differences, all of it, health, uh, that he would just be ready for, uh, you know, for the Open. So it's just going to be really, really spectacular. Can't wait to watch it all week long. My low light of the week is Rafa Nadal having to pull out of Wimbledon due to an abdominal strain. It was after he won his, uh, uh, I believe, semifinal, um, perhaps the one before, but it thereby eliminated what would have been one of the most anticipated finals ever between him and Jokovic, who ultimately won yesterday against Kyrgios. Uh, to win his 21st. He's now one behind Nadal. Uh, We all know Nadal is more a clay guy than a grass guy. Uh, But it was just really, really sad. I couldn't believe it when I heard it. Um, And just really uh, not good um, that, you know, we didn't get that matchup because, as early back when Wimbledon began two weeks ago. And, you know, as, as we, as the two of them each got a couple of victories under their belt, it just felt like it was looming large and everybody was really starting to crank up for a big Sunday morning yesterday. 
And I watched. It's the Wimbledon final, so of course I watched. Uh, nothing like waking up in the morning to championship sports like Wimbledon. And of course, this coming Sunday, it'll be the final round of the Open from St. Andrews. Well, my bizarre story of the week was watching the uh, the American Century Championship out at spectacular Lake Tahoe. Um, you talk about everybody who's anybody showing up. The field for this is just gets better every year. Tony Romo ultimately won it in uh, in extra holes uh, playoff at the end. Uh, but there was, of course, Aaron Rodgers. Steph Curry, on and on and on, Justin Timberlake. So it's just a perfect mix of sports and celebrities. And just when you combine that with the scenery, and it is just really something something special every year. But bizarre because Charles Barkley, as he often does, stole the show. He, of course, has had his struggles with golf, but uh, playing golf, but he's improved dramatically. In the last few years, and so the big uh, hot topic was, you know, would Charles uh, be in the 70th place or above? Uh, And he and Steph Curry were having some good-natured back and forth about that. Ultimately, he did miss out, but he did some just classic Charles Barkley interviews on the course as he... uh, you know, was just so honest as he always is. That's why everybody loves Charles. And he was just so honest talking about his game and whatnot. And, uh, and he made some great shots, no doubt about it. And it was just really, uh, terrific, terrific. I watch it pretty much every year and, uh, it never fails to deliver. Of course, uh, on one of the lakefront holes, they have uh, a basket set up, so Steph was draining threes, and so he's draining threes, and Aaron Rodgers is tossing a football, and, uh, you know, you just don't get that every day. In fact, you only get it out there, it seems, uh, in Tahoe, so just really good stuff, really enjoyed it, and, uh, and never fails to deliver. So now let's take our break, and next up is our call-in expert, A.P. Stedham veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. So don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies radio show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania, and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance of success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Listen to the Desert Ranch Podcast to hear what connects us to the producers that are keeping us from being naked, hungry, and thirsty. Get a look into the lives of those who live differently from the comforts of a 9-to-5 lifestyle to care for land and livestock. The Desert Ranch Podcast with Vanessa Rohr on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You. 
You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing very well, John. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, thank you, as always, for joining us. And uh, AP, it's hard to believe, but I don't think, given the holiday and whatnot, that uh, July 4th, of course, that we've had a chance to talk about the seismic news of USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten. And uh, so I'd like to just start with that and just get your thoughts. It's just been, uh, that was just Incredible news. Uh, you know, that was stop the presses news if, if, if ever I've heard it. Yeah, John, I was very, very surprised. I mean, in years past, you thought that maybe Texas and Oklahoma would uh, make their way to the West Coast as part of the Pac-12. But we yep. know that they're on their way to the east of the Southeastern Conference. Um, and that happened last year. That'll be 25. Well, the Pac-12 uh, members, USC and UCLA, made it a, a deal one year later, and they will be joining that conference before Oklahoma and Texas joined the SEC in 2024. So my first thought was, if let's say you're a fan of the UCLA Bruins and you want to attend a game in Washington, you might decide on a Wednesday and take the shuttle on Friday from Los Angeles to Seattle. Well, if you're a UCLA fan now and you want to take the shuttle to State College, Pennsylvania, I would say good luck because that's nowhere to be found. So it's much more involved uh, to travel to their games, the away games. But the fans have not been in the equation for quite a while, John. It's really the money follows the the money, and that's the decision that they've made and, and their interest to uh, capture as much uh, yearly uh from the from the conference, uh, the Big Ten as they can, and that that's a decision that doesn't really include the fans' uh, best interest. It includes the university's best interest, and maybe the team itself. Probably, I don't know. They get more money, of course, but th- that's my feeling about UCLA and USC uh, moving on to the Big Ten, and and I'll miss those rivalries that they have of going to Washington or Oregon. But those two teams, they might end up joining the Big Ten um, very soon here. But I just think that if I'm a fan of USC and UCLA, I won't be playing Stanford and Arizona, Arizona State, and uh, some of these other teams of California. I mean, and it's interesting that California and UCLA in that same university system, uh, one is going to a different conference. Right. No, it's just, uh, again, I can't overstate how big a news this is. Of all the things that have occurred, just when you thought Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC, well, it just can't get any bigger than that. This happens, and I think it did get bigger than that. And I say that because it's, you know, kind of reacting, uh, causing every conference to now react Everything's on the table from the dissolution of conferences to, as we've been hearing, of course, uh, initial takes where, you know, the the college football world is headed towards two massive conferences, SEC and Big Ten. Who knows? But AP, it's uh, first off to address all your excellent points. There aren't any shuttles, as you and I both know, from <laughs> Los Angeles to State College. <laughs> <laughs> getting a flight no. to state college anytime, anywhere is a challenge. Uh, I know I grew up a half an hour away. And uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, but it's just, you know, so much to chew on. It's like, where do you begin? But as always, AP, follow the money. And the money in this case seems to be 
that the Big Ten is on the verge of a $1 billion plus, $1 billion plus uh, television contract. And it appears that each member of, quote, the Big Ten, <laughs> I wonder how long that, well, that name will never go away. They'd be crazy to let that go. It's the branding. Right. But anyway, they'll figure it out. And, you know, that's that's why USC and UCLA are going there, obviously. Uh, follow the money, always. And, uh, you know, on one hand, it's exciting, really exciting. You know, just to address your earlier point, USC or UCLA showing up in State College is really exciting, like unique. And uh, But on the other hand, you know, you said it perfectly some great rivalries specifically like usc stanford as an example or usc and or ucla playing oregon another example um you know they may they may not occur in the future this could be it so it's incredible and one school that you, you know i think to keep two schools really but stanford i think is a wild card in all this given their Cachet, for lack of a better word, just cachet. Uh, very competitive teams, AP, with also, you know, an alumni base that is just uh, as good as it gets in America. So, yeah, so those are sort of my first takes as well, you know, a week or two in, but it's certainly going to be fascinating to watch. But you said, it, just to wrap it up, AP, um, it's amazing that how quickly they got this done, that they're going to be joining beef, the Big Ten before Texas and Oklahoma join the SEC. Incredible. Yeah, and John, also, um, the, the fact that they had this alliance with the Big Ten and the ACC. And right. so I'm sure the presidents are not too happy with them making a move to the Big Ten. And That's you're a good supposedly point. have an alliance with that conference and I think the ACC as well. You're right. And correct me if I'm wrong, AP, that alliance was created immediately after Texas and Oklahoma went to the SEC. Am I right about that? Yeah, I, I think that's um, true, John. And it, it's, it's laughable looking back now. Anybody who brings that word up, alliance, they maybe have to change the a definition in the dictionary. Right, <laughs> exactly. Well, based on that, AP, you know, the ACC feels like it's suddenly been left out in the cold of that alliance, as it were. But and you reason, and but the word alliance brings up an obviously very interesting point, AP, which is the fact that the Big Ten and Pac-12 champions have played each other in the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl, for decades, going back to like Newt Rockney eras, I'm guessing. And so that that's that in and of itself is Americana. So they, they, they've the Big Ten and the Pac-12 have had a relationship forever, period, just forever. Yeah, yeah, John, I mean, you haven't even discussed that Rose Bowl. I mean, I I haven't read any stories. I need to research that a little you know, better. But right. they they can't be that, that happy. The Rose Bowl itself, right? The Rose Bowl couldn't, itself. They cannot be. I agree more. I hadn't really thought about it. There's so much to absorb with all of this. I hadn't specifically thought about the Rose Bowl. I had the pleasure to attend the '95 Rose Bowl between Penn State and Oregon. And it was one of the great sports events of my life, easily top five. There's just nothing like it. You go to the parade, uh, and then you go to the game. It's just as good as it gets. And, uh, yeah, and you walk from the parade to the game, by the way, the, the, uh, right there in Pasadena. But anyway, AP, it's, uh, yeah. And let's face it, you know, the Rose Bowl has been watered down the last couple of years with the arrival of of course the college football playoff so it's hasn't been you know the automatic champions of the big 10 versus the champion of the pac 12 um like it used to be it used to be very clean and easy to figure out but hasn't been that way in recent years 
No, John. So the Rose Bowl, they uh, it's a great ball game, and oh, the yeah. venue and the, and the, all the pageantry of the parade that morning. I, I loved it when I have been to those games, John. It's been some of the greatest experiences of my life in sports, and I've been to many me, places. Me too. But, uh, you said I, it I don't. I'm I'm interested to just see what their comments might be if they made an official. A release press release. I had an official press release. So, but any way you look at it, they're they're losing out because many times USC was the marquee name in college football. Sure. And now, yeah, they might be in the you know they might be in the game, but it, and it just be to play one of the Pac-12 teams that they still exist. I don't even know if that, that league's gonna what's gonna happen if it's gonna dissolve, as you say. I mean, even the ACC, John. Uh, you know, people are discussing a few things. Uh, such as Clemson, North Carolina, Miami, Florida State, moving to the SEC to make that sure. 20 teams. Exactly. I mean, it's, uh, number one, although it seem, feels on one hand like geography has been thrown out the door, on the other hand, that does make geographic sense right there for flagship programs uh, right. already in the South. <laughs> you know. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh yeah, so. yeah, John. You could you could see. Of course, you have USC, UCLA, then you could see, let's say, Washington, Oregon. Maybe yep. you see Virginia and Pittsburgh from the ACC going to the Big Ten. That now the ACC could they survive, John? If Notre Dame comes into the league, can they have that coalition stay together? If Notre Dame joins that conference, but Notre Dame is interesting, John, because they're going to be discussing all these options with various leagues, but in the end. Notre Dame is going to make the deal like every other school that's in their their best interest because we remember way back when there was the the television uh, decision in the mid '80s, I guess it was something around that time, and the SEC was discussing things with the uh, I mean the uh, Notre Dame was discussing things with the SEC and some other conferences, and boom, there was the announcement: we cut our own deal with NBC, and they left everybody right. in the in the lurch. Absolutely, and they're the only school in America that can do that, I would think. Right. And it was no surprise that they would be the ones to blaze that trail. Well, AP, uh, hard to believe, we've barely touched on this subject, and we've had a lot of pent-up thoughts for you know since it was first announced. Uh, but, you know, uh, it is time for our first break. Why don't we take it, and I think... I'm just going to close this segment with this statement to your earlier point just now. Notre Dame has always felt like they belong in the Big Ten, period. You know, their geographic right. base in Indiana, Chicago, right down the road. Uh, so why don't we take that up, which we'll do after the break. America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Join hosts Navanav every week for Good Morning Canada. Our home is Canada, but our message and reach is boldly global. Our focus is on the alternative perspective, the hidden dimension, and the expansive horizon. Ideas are designed to be challenged, perceptions shattered, and information balanced. We invite you to visualize the converse viewpoint, dare to be inquiring, but always promise an hour of lively fun. Listen worldwide at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
The Soul Connection with Dr. K hosts a forum of expert guests that showcase popular topics that can impact the soul. Weekly, Our Soul Doctor connects with authors, medical professionals, and leaders that share expertise and testimonials. Check out our growing community on site at soulconnectionusa.com. Tune in to Feed the Soul Live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time, or listen on your time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. listening to all around sports with your host john inglesby become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net now back to the show voice america listeners Welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports, and I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., we, of course, spent last segment talking for the first time uh, about the USC UCLA Gigundus news going to the Big Ten. And I ended the segment by just saying, you know, Notre Dame, which is the obvious kind of wild card in all this, they're like Tom Brady being a free agent in the NFL. It's, it's created a frenzy. Everybody wants them, you, one would assume, but you never know if that's what Notre Dame has in mind. Bottom line, Notre Dame. To me, AP has always felt like they belong in the Big Ten. That's why when they did join the ACC back in the day, unofficially and not for football, so to speak, um, you know, it came as a surprise because it, it just always felt, looked, seemed like a Big Ten team, um, given their location in Indiana, near Chicago, on and on and on. So that is kind of everybody everything sort of feels a little bit on hold to see what Notre Dame's going to do AP. Yeah, absolutely John. Uh Notre Dame they're definitely the wild card, the joker. Yep. Uh, they can make the move and they'd be out of town and you know in a heartbeat they wouldn't think twice. Uh, they'd establish those relationships in the Big 10. They played many of those teams every year that they're on the schedule, Michigan State and Michigan, and every once in a while, Indiana, Purdue, of course, and Purdue Wisconsin, forever. they played recently, and uh, uh, years back, they probably played Iowa, I think, and Penn State, and um trying to think of any other team I've missed, that they've, oh, they've, they've played Nebraska in bowl games, and sure. so... You know, Ray played Rutgers before, so they played all those teams in the Big Ten at one time or another. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, Michigan so being it, a... it wouldn't be unusual for him to, to move to the Big Ten, but I, I just don't know. I, I'm not sure where the pendulum is right now, John, overall. Is it more towards the ACC just being picked up by the SEC and some of the teams going to the Big Ten or the ACC, ACC which I'm, I'm sure they're trying to just maintain and probably draw Notre Dame, I would think. that That's what I would believe would be a, a good strategy for them. Right, exactly. Well, Notre Dame, as we saw with the NBC deal, you know, they like to have their cake and eat it too, and they have the power to do that. They're the only school in America that really, really, truly has that power, it feels like. Um, so you, you have to assume there might be an element of that. Is there some sort of... Whatever, middle ground, I don't know how to say it. You know, is there a way they can get in on the Big Den deal, uh, i.e. guaranteed $100-plus million per year from TV revenue, while still somehow, some way, retaining their independence? Do they try to create with the Big Ten, given the 
shall we say, slightly tenuous situation that it feels at this point with the ACC. So they try to create a similar circumstance with the Big Ten that they have with the ACC. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, John. I, when you're looking at the teams in the ACC, you know, you have Clemson in South Carolina and North Carolina, North Carolina State, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Miami, Florida State, um, Boston College, Pittsburgh, uh, Syracuse. I, I, can all those markets match the Big Ten? I, I don't know, population-wise, to attract 100 million for each team. Can they do that? Can that TV market? I don't know if they can. Right. I know. It's just, uh, you know, hard to put your arms around, but it feels like, you know, the time has come. Decisions are about to be reached. It feels like, you know, over the course of the next six weeks, it's kind of thing where I assume they, everybody, everybody would like to get it settled before the season starts or typically obviously around Labor Day. But who knows? This is... Uh, it's high level, uh, and I would guess that it would be somewhat complicated with Notre Dame. But I'll go back to my original statement, AP. You know, Notre Dame just feels like you know they belong in the Big Ten, and for the Big Ten, who's already landed USC and UCLA, of course, if they get Notre Dame, then they're really going to be uh, you know feeling on top of the world. Although the team that had the conference that's been on top of the world for the last number of years is obviously the SEC. So it does right. feel like it could just end up two 20-team conferences, AP, and there's basically, assuming Notre Dame's one of them, there's 40 teams competing for the national championship every year. That's it. Could, could be. You know, John, when you think about it, would Notre Dame move to the Big Ten, and they're not worried about anybody else except themselves, Absolutely. Could that, be, could that be Notre Dame, Stanford? Uh, that would make what seventeen and eighteen, I believe, with UCLA, USC, and then you take Washington and Oregon. There you go. Maybe and you some, know, maybe something like like that. That sounds like a twenty because you'll be you'll have the West Coast, you'll have Notre Dame and Stanford. Those two, uh, and I always find this fascinating when people say they're an academic school, and I'm thinking, well. I thought all schools were academic, <laughs> right? But, but, yeah, but they, um, you know, they, they, there's rankings, I guess, and, and, and academics as well. But I always, that always, I always kind of kid people when they use that statement. It's an academic school, and I'm thinking, well, some of these other places, they, they teach chemistry and math and science <laughs> and a host of other subjects as well. But, um, but maybe you know, and then Virginia and Pittsburgh, they stay in the ACC, and then you. You just try to do your very best um, by attracting any other team you think that would bring a TV market or a, a high brand like in Oklahoma. You know, Oklahoma doesn't have the people, right? But they have the, the highly visible brand. That's why they, they can uh, move into the SEC. Right. And just going back to your uh, point about academics, you know, Virginia. Uh, they are perceived, like Stanford, as a very, very strong academic school. Um, yes, exactly. Yes. So they have that same sort of cachet in that regard, and, you, you know, the same way as, or, you know, cachet is meaningful brand. I mean, Oregon, yes. I don't know about you, AP, but if Oregon's on TV, you know, I tune in to see what uniforms they're wearing, period. Right. I just, I right. just do. Yeah, and, I'm not alone. Yeah, and- no, no, you're not. And when you have the backing of Nike, correct. But that's the other they're going to be at, at, at one of the tables where the the um, the minimum is high. Correct. I mean, exactly. when you're at a poker table, the five dollar poker table is one thing. That you get to those higher levels, twenty five dollar minimum, fifty dollar minimum, hundred dollar minimum. Oregon's going to be at that table because they have the backing of Nike. So I'm, I don't think I'm worried about Oregon at all. No, Oregon is absolutely going to land, especially, you know, the way they went into Ohio State, Big Ten country, and literally shocked the nation with that resounding victory to open the season, I believe, last year at the beginning of the year, maybe the first game. Um, and it just like, you know, was a, a heck of a way to usher in 
the football season uh, watching that game. And, you know, so, yeah, they just, what can you say? And they also look like they play in fast motion most of the time. They look like they're on fast forward when they're playing. You know, they're just speed. When I think of Oregon, I think of speed, uniforms, and Nike. Yeah, they're an entertaining team to watch through the years because they've always had a, a, a good quarterback. Yep. Better than average usually, and they score quite a few points. And you say they have those different type of uniforms, and yep. uh, so they're they're somebody. Uh, you know, they have a, a good brand. Oh, highly desirable. Strong brand. Very highly desirable yeah. team. Somebody is going to snatch them up, and it certainly at this point has to feel like it's going to be the Big Ten. Um, you know, who knows where it's going to leave the Big Twelve? We've heard everything from, you know, it. it that they're going to dissolve to they're going to pick up every single Pac-12 team that's left, <laughs> you know, outside of USC and UCLA and everything in between. Right. But AP, we got to take our final break. Uh, but, I, but go ahead. I, I want to hear your thoughts before we go to that break on just yeah, what well, I like said. Like you said, yeah, in Arizona or in Arizona State, I mean, if Washington goes to the Big Ten, you have Washington State. I mean, that's something for the governor to decide, right? In Oregon and Oregon State, that's yep. something for their governors usually to get involved with when uh, one team is in a completely different conference and they're on equal level, it's uh, fairly equal level as far as their athletic programs. Absolutely right, AP. No doubt about it. Um, you have to wonder if, you know, are we headed towards politicians getting involved and or the courts getting involved? Uh, again, at this point, I think it's safe to say nothing would surprise me, and I'm sure nothing would surprise you. Um, no. We, you know, bottom line, as we go to the break here, AP, we've gone to the next level in college football. This is like it's going to take us to uh, to areas we haven't been before. No doubt about it. Yeah, absolutely, John, and uh, hopefully continue the discussion here in the next segment because I think there's still more more to address. Oh, AP, we've already scratched the surface. We could spend uh, the next month worth of shows, and we probably will, <laughs> um, <laughs> talking about the, <laughs> discussing this topic. Uh, but why don't we take uh, the, the, the final break and obviously still have a lot more to get to on the other side. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Listen for Go to Health Radio, featuring host Jonathan Marks and health experts from around the world who bring evidence-based education from Western, alternative, and holistic practices. We bring together you, seeking relevant and proven information for your health care needs and reputable health care experts and companies who offer quality education for your benefit. Monthly, we also share continuing education for medical professionals. Listen live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Did you know that millions of people around the world do not have children? And yet the personal and professional experiences of people without children remain largely unacknowledged across cultures and within our personal networks. Public and workplace policies, media narratives, and educational content often reflect an unconscious bias, rendering our experiences invisible. New Legacy Radio engages these missing conversations with the voices of our community and allies and through committed action for meaningful change. New Legacy Radio, Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
stimulating talk. It gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. We're some listeners. Welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is the Open, the 150th Open, I might add, at St. Andrews, the home of golf. Basically all week long, I've been watching it all morning. It's underway on Golf Channel, and of course, the tournament gets started Thursday. Uh, Tiger Woods is in the house, and... uh, it's going to be fabulous. AP, I know you like your golf. Uh, this is going to be fun this week. I always enjoy waking up in the morning, whether it was Wimbledon yesterday morning for the men's final or, of course, any day this week, waking up, flicking on the TV, and you got instant championship-level golf, or yesterday in the past two weeks, tennis. So I always enjoy that immensely with the time difference. Yeah, yeah, John. It's always fun this time of year to um, have those events um, right before football begins. It it's exciting, and uh, for those who like the golf and the tennis, is this is these these are big moments for them. Very much so. Very much so. And again, this Open is special. It's the 150th, being held appropriately at the home of golf, meaning golf was first played, invented. Uh, created, whatever you want to call it, founded <laughs> at St. Andrews. So that's where they're at, and it's going to be so much fun, and you just can't get enough of just watching it on TV and looking at the background and the scenery is just utterly spectacular. But AP, we were talking, obviously, USC, UCLA going to the Big Ten. Uh, you know, game changer would be an understatement. Um and we were talking about just all the possibilities of, of what could occur. But, you, you know, at the end of the day, it's and you touched on it a little earlier, uh, you know, it's gone coast to coast, AP. Geography is out the window now, officially in college football, <laughs> I believe. You know, Rutgers, right. to, Rutgers to USC or UCLA, that's as far as it gets in America. Period. And let's not forget uh, Maryland as well. Maryland, uh, right, exactly. Uh, any school, yeah, Maryland, and to a degree, Penn State. Uh, but yeah, certainly Rutgers is full-blown coast-to-coast. There are 3,000 miles <laughs> and three time zone changes, on and on and on. Uh, we don't need a geography lesson, but uh, yeah, so it just feels just, you know, so different uh, on one hand, but you know, AP, I mean, one of the first things I thought of when, you know, I heard the news was like, oh, wow, I can go see Penn State play uh, UCLA in the Rose Bowl because the Rose Bowl was UCLA's home field. Uh, Not to mention USC in the Coliseum. And that was my first thought because I've been to a Rose Bowl, as have you. You talked about it. We both talked about how it's the coolest thing ever. And, you know, I don't need it to be the actual Rose Bowl to go to the Rose Bowl for a game. <laughs> right, 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 to go so, to the venue itself, yes. Yeah, so now we're into, like, you know, just the traveling. It's kind of like reminds me a little bit, AP, of, you know, this is the fun part, the, the Las Vegas Raiders, who will sell out every home game this year and for forever. Because who doesn't want to go see their team play in a in the nice new stadium which you've been to out there in Vegas, the Legion Stadium and spend the weekend in Vegas. I mean period. Exactly. You just do. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. John, another thing we haven't discussed was Rutgers at UCLA, nine o'clock Pacific time, because they want to put it on at noon on oh, the East good Coast. Point. 
Yes, the time I mean, differences. How, what are they going to do with these games that they want to put on at noon for UCLA, UCLA, and any other team that is coming from the West Coast? That's such a good point, AP. Hadn't quite viewed it that way. Not to mention, you know, what are, we, what are they going to do around about, you know, East Coast fans will not be happy when it's the opposite of that, meaning starting at 10 o'clock at night on a Saturday night. You, you know, Penn State at USC starting at 10 p.m. Eastern time. That won't go over too big either. So, so yeah, no. I, I, I won't say it won't go over too big, you know, but it, it will. It's it'll be odd. It'll be odd on both ends. 9 a.m. start or 10 p.m. start. Um, right. But they'll figure it out, AP. They always do. Oh, yeah, they will. They, they've, they've got it calculated for sure. They they know numbers. And, John, the other reason I, I just wanted to bring up the fact I mentioned the governors because when they were assemble, assembling the Big 12 years ago, Baylor was one of the schools that they weren't certain was going to be part of that Big 12 Um Ann Richards was the governor of Texas. That was her school. Oh, yeah. So she made sure that, that, that the deal in, involved Baylor. Good and point. to her credit, I mean, I don't, I don't, um, it, you know, I, I think that's, that's a positive. I, I don't use that as something that uh, I, I would blemish uh, against her record. I think that was a smart thing to do. It was, and we see how good Baylor is, has been in athletics. You know, they've had their, um, their situations, you know, the tragic things that have happened with their programs, but national championship in women's basketball and men's basketball and the yep. football team has done some great things and they're on the uptick right now with Dave Renda, the head coach. So, you know, to include Baylor in, in the in the Big 12 was the smart move and it took a governor to make that happen. Yeah, well, I can't help but think, uh, politicians and governors will get involved as well as, uh, you know, potentially the courts can get involved. Uh, we shall see, but AP, it's just, uh, it's a topic that is just going to be top of mind for everybody, uh, over the course of the next few weeks, months, maybe years, <laughs> to say the least. Um, going to be fun to watch AP and it's certainly going to give us a lot of content for, uh, a long time to come. So we welcome that, right? Oh, yeah, John. It's, it's like playing a Monopoly yep. with all these teams now. The, ge- the geography, if you didn't sit in the front row, you better have been the second or third because you're going to need to know where all these teams will land. Correct. Correct. It's going to be fun, right? Park Place or Boardwalk? <laughs> That'll be the question. <laughs> Uh, well, AP, I just want to thank you as always for calling in. Great job. Fun to talk about uh, our favorite sport, college football, especially when it has news like this to discuss. And uh, once again, great job and thank you. Hey, thank you, John. It was always it's my pleasure as always. All right, and as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.